There are some specific times when people ask for recommendations on movies. And I find it a little strange because everybody knows that I watched garbage all day. Bad B-movies. Good B-movies. My wife hates it from time to time, but oh well. But when they do eventually show up every once in a blue moon and ask those questions, I always go to the top two. The first one being Death Wish 3, which I did an episode on previously. It's still one of the greatest, actually my favorite action movie I've ever seen in my life. And then the second one. The second one has everything that you would want out of an 80s movie. An awesome soundtrack, cool actors, hot chicks, cars, racing, uh, some sort of ghost story in the middle of all of it, murder, you name it. It had it all. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're about to real soon. We're going to talk about 1986's The Wraith. He's not from around here. Uh, Are you new in town? Yeah. He's come a long way. You like living dangerously, don't you? Now, he's going to do to them. Who are you? What they did to him. In the Wraith. Opens Friday, November 21st at a theater near you. Don't you just love the beginning of that trailer where the voiceover guy comes in and he says, He's not from around here. And then she's all like, You're new here, aren't you? Ain't that some bullshit? Geez, they already have my money right there. Like all of it. I'm I'm already I'm already entranced by this trailer. <laughs> but to be honest, I love trailers from like probably like the mid-90s and earlier because they didn't give you everything. Nowadays, you get a teaser, and that's like three minutes, and then you get the full-length trailer, which is like another six or seven, and they've already showed you everything that was going to happen in the movie. You'd have to like legit have something special, like, like the new Spider-Man trailer to just grab everybody's attention because back then, all they did was just give you the tip. You didn't get the whole shaft. And now, our feature presentation. The Wraith has had my attention since I was a kid. I remember just being amazed at this car that I've never seen on the road. And, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I was like six or seven, so I may not have seen every car on the road, but you get what I'm saying. The car from this movie was just, it was its own star, it was like the centerpiece of the whole film. But HBO used to play this quite a bit when I was a kid. And for some reason, I never caught the whole beginning of this to even learn the title. And then my dad finally told me, hey, it's called The Wraith. So we went to Blockbuster to try to look for it. They weren't even there. I awkwardly walked up to the counter to ask the Blockbuster person if they had this movie in stock. And he looked at me like I was some sort of idiot. How could nobody have seen this? As I grew older... Nobody still has seen it. It's one of those movies, like, it's one of the greatest 80s movies of our of that time. And nobody's seen it. It's barely getting any recognition. You know, uh, Vestron Movies just dropped a Blu-ray on it a couple weeks ago. And it's fucking $6. Go to, you can go to Walmart and find it. It's the same price as it is. I, I think Amazon's got it for a little bit more, like 11 bucks. But Why? Why is this movie such held in, in a low regard? The world 
world may never know. And the story is so simple too. And I feel like the story is just, it's been copied once. And I may be completely wrong. But it is about a guy who is murdered by a group of thugs. And he comes back from the dead, obviously, to avenge his murder. Doesn't that sound like the crow a little bit? Just a tad. Even down to the point that one of the one of the thugs is named Skank. Like I said, I may be completely wrong about this. The crow may have happened way before the Wraith. We don't know. And I'm not talking about the movie, the comic book itself, because I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there that's gonna say, well, actually, the Wraith was the the Wraith came out in 1986. And the crow which was illustrated and written in 1981. Who knows? I don't give a shit. But, like I said, I may be wrong. So if you want to correct me, go ahead. I'll I'll learn something new today. Reading is fundamental. Now let's get on with this school thing. The movie gets going straight from the start. We meet our villain, Packard Walsh, who's played by Nick Cassavetes. I'm going to go... And give you guys the best trivia you're ever going to hear in your life. And if you've seen this movie and you love this movie, you may know also. Packard Walsh, well, the actor who plays Packard Walsh, also directed The Notebook. I'm not making this shit up. He really did. Every time I see this movie, I, I realize that, you know, I should separate the actor from the movie quite a bit. But he's a, he plays such a good asshole in this I can't see him in his, as anything else. He was also the guy who uh, did the ta- the Tyson tattoo in the second Hangover movie. Yeah, he was a tattoo artist in that. So it's very rare that I see him in things, but I, every time I watch this, I'm just like, wow. You were this jealous asshole who told the girl that you have hostage that you love her so much that you don't feel pain and he's pulling the fucking switchblade out of his hand to write one of the love stories that makes all girls fucking gaga who knows why why in the world is this is this some sort of new dimension that i've never heard of is this a mandela effect i don't know the film does set up packard as this man who runs the town it's a small little place um and they, him and his group, they drive around racing for people's cars. Pink slips. You know what they used to call them back in the day. And uh, I think nowadays they're called titles. But back then they used to call them pink slips, I guess. And that's basically all he did. He was just a fucking bully. And how old was he anyway? They never specify anybody's ages in here. Packard looked like he was in his mid-40s with a leather jacket that had a cow skull on the back. And he had fucking chrome-tipped cowboy boots. How could you take that man seriously? He had... I don't know. They never specify anyone's age in this movie. And I don't know why. Because everybody seemed to have been probably like 18, 19, 21. Who knows if they were graduating high school and this was a summer job. I don't know. They even tried to pass off the legendary B-movie actor Clint Howard... The Ice Cream Man. If anybody ever remember going back in the Blockbuster, way back in the day, there used to be always just be this this movie cover called Ice Cream Man, and Clint Howard was on it, holding an ice cream cone that had an eyeball and a finger and some blood on it. That's him. 
He is the, the brother of Ron Howard, the director, fucking Richie Cunningham from Happy Days. But did they pass it? Was I don't know why they tried to make him look so young in this. He had an eraser head, Beavis-style haircut, and he had the circle Aussie glasses. I just don't get it. I don't know anybody's age in this. Uh, it shouldn't bother me as much as it does, but it it really does now. Man, sit your dumb ass down. Charlie Sheen plays our main character, Jake. That's right, before the man was a warlock, before he was winning, before he had tiger's blood going through his veins, he was in the wraith. And he strolls into town on the dirt bike to pick up the beautiful Carrie. If you watch this scene, it it oozes game. This dude literally pulls up and tells her, hey, you need a ride? And she goes with him. For what? I don't even know. Packard go ahead, he goes by and he puts a stop to the whole thing because that's his unofficial girlfriend and he basically owns her. What a shitty thing to say, right? But it is the 80s and I don't know why that seems like everything gets a pass. Oh, it was the 80s or the 90s, but no, it's, 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 it's a movie. So the story goes is that Carrie and Jamie, who was Jake when he was alive, were an item. Packer didn't like it. So he goes and gets rid of Jamie because if he can't have Carrie, and this is said multiple times in the movie, no one can. And in the murder scene, because there are little flashbacks that you get, um, you see a different actor as as uh, as Jamie. Now I get it, you're probably thinking, well, it should be, right? Nah. When I was younger, I thought it was Charlie Sheen both times. And for some reason, it still didn't make sense. I was like, wait, how do they not recognize this guy? You know, how do they not recognize him? But when you get an HD TV and you get all that good junk and they clear up the picture, you see that it's a completely different person. Later on in the movie, Carrie finds out that it's Packard who killed Jamie. But in those scenes, those cut scenes, those flashbacks, she's looking right at the dude. I smell a conspiracy. Johnny Depp was considered for the role of Jake for like the longest time because him and the actress who played Carrie were dating at the time. So Depp was on scene all day long, you know, and I thought that was like, oh, okay, cool. Why didn't they get him to play Jamie? Hey, if they were just going to show the back of the dude's head, why not? Or a quick glimpse of his face. Why couldn't it have been Johnny Depp? Well, the director went ahead and said, no, we're not going to cast this dude because he's a nobody. And at the time, I think... All he did was the, uh, I think all he was known for really was the Nightmare on Elm Street scene where he gets sucked in the bed and all that blood comes gushing out. I don't remember if 21 Jump Street had came out around that time yet either. But obviously he wasn't too big of a name because otherwise the director would have had him. Now I'm about to give you guys a little bit of a, some trivia, a little bit of a history lesson. Back in 1974, there was a made for TV movie called The California Kid. And... The premise kind of sounds a little similar. It was about a guy who drove around in a 1934 Ford Coupe. And he was going and killing all of the people who murdered his brother. The car was black. And coincidentally, the actor, Martin Sheen. That's right, Charlie Sheen's dad. Now, to say if this movie was an inspiration for The Wraith, who knows? Kind of sounds a little bit similar just without that paranormal sci-fi aspect of it, of, of the Wraith. 
but it's something to look out for and the whole movie is on YouTube and I will put that link in the description. In a strange turn of events, Randy Quaid is in this movie trying to act serious. Every time I see him, I'm always going to think of Cousin Eddie from the Vacation movies. It's kind of like, I know that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the, the worst example in the world, but Leonardo DiCaprio is a great actor. We all know that. But sadly, every time I watch him, I think of Arnie from Watini Gilbert Grape. I can't unsee it. It's just one of those things where it's like, okay, here's, here, you know, here's Leonardo DiCaprio. And all I'm thinking is him yelling out match in the gas tank. And um, yeah, I just can't get it out of my head. And every time I see Randy Quaid in this movie, and he's trying to be this hard-ass sheriff. Sheriff Loomis, by the way, is, is the name of him in this movie. Um, I just, uh, I can't take him serious. And I shouldn't be making fun of people's appearances either. But man, that that dude has a rowdy gap. The gap in his mouth is just ridiculous. I feel like he can he can drink soda through a, a straw and smile at the same time. Um, it just it's so weird when you see somebody with their mouth closed and you can still see their tongue. Uh, it's he's just awkward to look at, and uh, I, I I can honestly tell. And my wife called it out that he did fix him up uh, when he was in Independence Day. But anyways, I, like I said, I shouldn't be I shouldn't be that mean. I shouldn't be a fucking jerk. But oh well. Now on to the real star of the movie, the Dodge Turbo Interceptor, the Wraith car itself. Jesus Christ, is that thing a fucking, it's a thing of beauty. When I was growing up, I thought the car was black. As I got older, it looked more like a dark purple. And uh, it's kind of weird how you see a car that's supposed to be, you know, interdimensional with a Chrysler emblem on the front. And that was there on purpose. Because Dodge had that car made, obviously, because it's, you know, it's a Dodge. Um, it's in the name. And, uh, but the car was worth over a million dollars at that time. And for the, the still shots of it not moving, that's the actual, the legit car itself. All the rest of the scenes that you see where it's driving around or it gets destroyed, those were all replicas and they were just shell on top of frame. So it wasn't the car. They would be stupid to do that. The car was an actual pace car in the Indy 500, you know, just drives around real quick. And it was the coolest thing in the world. I wish that they sold some sort of kit to where I can just buy the body and do the rest myself. Um, I would seriously love that car. If there's a, I'm sure that there's a list of cars and movies that people would love. The Plymouth Fury from Christine, uh, the Ghostbusters fucking hearse. You know, the Back to the Future DeLorean. The things can go on and on. But that right there is my absolute favorite car, movie car of all time. So Jake goes around in his motocross outfit and he's driving around as the Wraith. And um, that's exactly what they call it. Uh, Clint Howard does call it that. He's like, oh man, that's a Wraith out there. I always like to catch movies when they say the title of it somewhere within the time. And... uh, that's what he's called he's going around racing all Packard's friends and he's killing each one of them by just crashing into him or letting them crash into him but there are a couple things that just don't add up and a couple things that were just never discussed even as they asked the director or just anything is the fact that when uh, Jake kills someone with his car the car goes up in flames but none of the bodies are charred they're not burned 
They look like they were boiled, and their eyes are missing. No purpose, no explanation. And then there's some sort of brace that glows and disappears um, after each uh, after each death. Those were never addressed at any time. Um, I always found those quite strange, to be honest with you. I, I just don't understand, and they were never explained. Um, it's a little weird. We have one more side character, and his name is Billy. He's Jamie's uh, brother, and he's not too... He's got a big part, but I just feel like he's not important to the movie at all. He's just the, the punching bag for everything. So it's not too much to mention him. It's just the poor guy just gets his... He just gets shit on the whole movie. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's not... that. It, well, actually, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's an okay movie. Or that you should probably check it out. No, I'm going to tell you that you should check it out. Because it's everything that the 80s represents. The big hair, the cool cars, the actors. You had everything that you want. And none of that would have been complete without a great soundtrack. The Wraith soundtrack is one of my favorite of all time. It's got Motley Crue, Billy Idol, Robert Palmer, Ozzy... And then they have even the generic artists on here made great songs. There's not one track that you want to skip to try to find another one because you can play it from the beginning to the end and it will not get tiring. The slower songs are great. The medium pace songs are awesome. The, the, you know, the bigger name songs are great. Like, what more do you want out of a soundtrack? And it's very rare that you'll see Ozzy on a soundtrack too. At that point in time, because he really wasn't on too much other than the Trick or Treat movie. And if you haven't seen that, go ahead and, and YouTube that, because that's a full-length movie, and it is awesome. Not the Trick or Treat with this little fucking kid with his pajamas named Sam. I'm talking about the real Trick or Treat. But we'll get into that one probably around Halloween. The Wraith is one of those movies that makes you feel for the characters. You can tell that they really tried everything in their power to make a good movie. It didn't have a high budget. Um, there seemed to have been some sort of clash behind the scenes where the company wanted, the movie studio wanted one thing and the director wanted another thing. But it shows to the power of the director himself that he was still able to make a good movie out of, well, actually despite all the shit that they were going through. One bad call that I'll say is that he wanted to have his own soundtrack with artists that he wanted on there. And he was upset that they that the studio went ahead and pushed for these the soundtrack that I just talked about. So I'm going to go ahead and give the studio a win on that one. But the movie was, like I said, it gives you everything that you wanted. It makes you feel for the characters. The racing scenes are great. The, the cinematography, when they do race, it just it keeps up with the cars just nice. It's everything you'd want out of a racing movie and it's everything you want out of a supernatural movie it's everything you want out of a revenge plot it's just everything i can't stress how great this movie is towards the end of this movie and i'm gonna jump back just a little bit packard i'm gonna set this up real quick packard is a uh, he's very remorseless in everything that he does and as uh, Jake is going through his whole crew 
Packard seems to have some sort of change of heart. He's nice to the last few that are still left alive, and he's like shaking their hands, he's being real cool. And I feel like he knows that he's gonna die. I don't know if that was intentional, that it was written intentionally for that purpose, but I feel like he knows he's gonna die. And right after the Wraith destroys the last of his group, and he's the only one left, he's spying at Carrie at her work. She works at a burger bar, at, a, at a, some sort of burger restaurant. And he's sitting across the street, just spying on her. But if you look closely, you can tell that he was crying. I feel like he he knew that it, his time was come. And like I said, I don't know if it was intentionally supposed to be put like that, but that's how I saw it. So if you go back and watch the movie, look for that one scene. That one small scene towards the end before he dies. You can just see this whole change of character for him. And it does look like he's crying while he's spying on her. Obviously, at the end, Packard and all of his friends are dead. And, um... Jake reveals himself as Jamie to Carrie, and he gives the Dodge Turbo Interceptor to his brother Billy, and now it's got the name Dodge plaster on the back because product placement, why not, right? Um, where is he going to get insurance for this shit? Who knows? Anyways, and uh, um, he, him and Carrie ride off into the sunset, or you know whatever you want to call it, and that's where the, the credits happen. Now, you're kind of strange. You're probably thinking, why is he bringing that up? Well, here's a little thing. As soon as the credits roll, maybe like half a second to two seconds in there, maybe, you hear a crash. Now, Carrie and Jake or Jamie, whichever he wants to call himself at the time, more likely Jamie, he's they're driving off on his on his dirt bike. And they're going through the little hills, you know, the little, you know, the little dips in the road. And they drive off into the, like I said, the sunset but then you hear a crash. What happens? Because right before the credits roll, they do kind of, they turn into the little balls of light that you saw at the beginning of the movie, which is, you know, which all come together to create the car and Jamie himself. So, do they die? Is that how he was able to live with her? Not live with her, but to take her into eternity? Because they wanted to be together forever? Is, is that the love story that we're going to hear? Did they die? I, I, who knows? Did he kill both of them? Were they accidentally killed? I don't know. That's one of those things where I feel like, once again, you have to judge for yourself. When I try to just explain these things, it's because I don't have any type of video production. So trying to, use, trying to describe things vocally can be a little bit tough at times. But go ahead and listen to... You know, if you're not going to watch the whole movie, watch the end and you'll see what I'm talking about just for this particular movie. But I, like I said, I will want you to watch this whole damn movie. It is worth an eight time watch. It is not a bad movie at all. It is one of the greatest things I have ever seen in my life. It is what you want. Like I said, out of a racing movie. It's not like fucking Fast and the Furious where they're trying to steal TV, you know, VCR combos or whatever it was that they were trying to do. That's just the first movie. Nowadays, they're fucking Fast and Furious, whatever number that they're on, and and they have to say family 8,000 times. We've seen the meme. I'm tired of Vin Diesel himself. I'm tired of the fact that they made Vin Diesel look as big as a rock 
When you know Vin Diesel ain't up a what five ten, he probably had to stand on phone books so he can stand eye to eye with the great one. You know, I just don't get it. That whole franchise died when Paul Walker died. I'm sorry. I stopped watching it after it became, you know, something other than cool cars racing for some kind of bullshit. You know, it, it shouldn't have went this long. The Wraith isn't one of those movies. The Wraith is a one-and-done, in-your-face, sci-fi. I wouldn't category it. I wouldn't, like, make it put in the, the horror category at all. It's just a great film. One of the best 80s films I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to link this movie however much I can in the description so you can choose whichever one you, you can watch it on. Because I can't stress how great this movie is. As usual, you can catch me on any one of my social medias, which is probably just Instagram at the moment. I tried using Twitter and that shit don't work that well. Um, so I'm going to link that in the description as well so you can catch me there. Go ahead and please like, subscribe, uh, rate, review. Once again, if you don't like what I have to say or if you feel like something's boring and you think that maybe I should go in a different direction or if you have an opinion, let me know. It's not, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I'm not 2021 or I'm not 2020 or I'm not 2019. I'm not going to get offended. Just go ahead and drop me a line. Send me a message. I'll even put my email in there as well, too. Until next time.